This is the Straight from the Net podcast with Jamie and Danielle. We say bad words and talk about inappropriate things that you may not want your coworkers, small children, or the easily offended to hear. Listener discretion is advised. Hi, everybody. It's another episode of the Straight from the Net podcast. I'm Danielle. Hello. That's Jamie. Is it me you're looking for? I'm always looking for you. I'm here. It's me. I'm, I'm, I'm here with you, people. I'm here with you, for you. I'm here. Jamie is getting ready to go on not one, but two vacations. One I little the mini fuck one am. and a big one. I sure the fuck am. So, Friday. <laughs> Friday, we leave my house at 4 o'clock in the morning to make oh, that God. 11 and a half hour ride to Kentucky. Oh, boy. I have not been to Kentucky oh. since I was 19 years old. And I'm going to see my cousins, and I am super fucking excited. My one cousin's getting married, Candy. She's getting married, but her sister and I have always been close because her dad um, was my mother's brother, who unfortunately was murdered back in the 80s. Oh, no. And when that happened, my grandmother would go pick them up and keep them for the summer. Mm-hmm. And what was so funny is my grandfather would go and get them, and then they would just stay at our house. Oh, okay. Like, every once in a while, my grandma would get a bug rubber butt and be like, they came to see me, and you need to bring them back. Well, they'd go back over there, and they were so bored, my grandma couldn't stand it, so within, like, the next day or two, they were back at our house. <laughs> but me and Ronnie Jones... What I meant to say was I just wanted them to visit for about 24 hours, and you can take them back. <laughs> right. So, um, my cousin Ronnie Joe, who also was a girl, by the way, um... And can and I just say, when you make these, when you say these names, not when you make them up, but when you say these names, it makes me think of the movie Ted, <laughs> where he's doing that thing where it's like, Victoria Becky, da, 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 and he does like that, and they're like, well, wait, does she have Lynn in her name? And he's like, yes, and he starts going, Becky Lynn, Johnny Lynn, blah, 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 all that stuff. <laughs> That's what it makes me think of every time you say that. <laughs> so, so me and her were very close growing up, and she did come here about, I want to say about three years ago. She was only here for a night. And I was working it on the rocks, and I couldn't take off. So she oh. came to on the rocks and sat there and just kind of hung out with everybody. And when she left, I fucking cried. Yeah. I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to miss you so much. I hate this. So I'm so excited to go and hang out with her because we were, I mean, we were like bread and butter. Yeah. Like, there was, we were like two peas, peas and carrots. Like, peas and carrots. <laughs> growing up. And then one year they just stopped coming because they got older and they didn't want to leave their yeah, friends for the summer. Of course. And, you know, my grandparents were older, so they didn't they stopped coming and it was really devastating for me for the like the three summers after they stopped coming. I was like, right. oh my God. Like what am I gonna do with my time? Aww. Um so I'm very excited about going to see them. Candy is getting married to a guy named Adam and he's very handsome. And it's going to be a good fucking time. Like, oh, yeah. Like, southern weddings are always fun. And, you know, so we're leaving the house at four o'clock in the morning to get there. It's an 11 and a half hour drive. But on the way at West Virginia and Kentucky border, there is a Walmart. Yeah, she told us it's in the it's in the mountain. It's built into the mountain. Yes, and you want to go. I'm and Paco's like, babe, I don't ever grab time. Blah. No, Paco's okay with that. He's I don't know if he's okay with seeing like the Kentucky Mount Rushmore. No, um, he needs to see the Kentucky Mount Rushmore. Did you know I looked it up and it's not even a fucking real Mount Rushmore. It's just a painting on a fucking building. Oh, which disappointed me because now I don't give a fuck about Mount Rushmore, Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> if it's only gonna be a painting, that's it. So I went to the pub last night. Paco had pool. Um, I did see that um, Fitz posted his um, 
party all the time and I was watching it this morning and it got like a little well okay so real quick though yesterday um Bruce's son kept saying um um down down chicken yeah chicken yeah and it's it's like the, the cupid shuffle yeah and he thinks it's down down chicken yeah chicken right so I had that in my ear like all night last night me and Bruce both were like down down chicken yeah chicken yeah and then he'd be like to the left to the left like i mean he knows all that but he thinks it says down down chicken so like we were laughing and well then this morning it started party all the time so when i called kathy this morning to check in i was singing party all the time party all the time <laughs> well fitz fitz sings that one for me um he did it one time he was like jamie this is like years ago it's like four years ago he's like jamie and i'm like yeah and he's like i'm gonna get up and i'm gonna try eddie murphy's party all the time and i'm yeah. like all right, whatever. Well, he gets up. He must have seen the video or something. Yeah. Because when they do the clap, clap in the song, Eddie Murphy in the video goes like this. He, he's... Oh, I saw him do that. So he yeah. does that for me. Uh-huh. And it's so funny. And I fucking love it. Well, anyway, Fitz is on Instagram. And Fitz is having, like, this full-on, like, conversation on Instagram with, like, 80 comments. And I'm like, I'm going to follow Fitz on Instagram. So I go on, and he was like, oh, no, that's a group chat. And I was like, well, put me in the group chat. And he was like, no, you don't have to be in my group chat. And I was like, oh. <laughs> Denied. <gasps> but I just opened a secret tab at the pub. A secret tab. Yeah, and it's so funny. When they write my secret tab, I'm like, Cynthia, secret tab. So my tab said, Jamie, shh. Oh, across my the gosh. Top. So I'm like, Fitz, I just opened a secret tab. Don't tell Paco. And then I was trying to get into his conversation. He was like, you're not the only one with the secret tab, bitch. Oh. <laughs> so, so I'm like, come on, Fitz, let me in the conversation. He still didn't. So the next recording I did of him, when he did Kendrick Lamar, I was like, this is Fitz. He told me I couldn't be in your conversation, but he's going to post this. Tell him to invite me into your shit. <laughs> Nobody did, though. Nobody did. <laughs> Well, I'm like, well, what's so secret about it that I can't know? And he's like, it's a secret. Right. It's called like, a secret for a like, reason. You don't have to be all up in my business, Jamie. Whatever oh, fits. Whatever fits. But it was 80s night last night at um the pub. The pub. And I was so excited. Like super duper excited. Like it was my jam. I was like, oh my God. So I opened with Let's Hear It for the Boy. Oh. And then I did uh, I Need a Hero by Bonnie Tyler. And then I did I Think We're Alone Now by Tiffany. Oh, okay. And then I closed out the night with Lost in Your Eyes by Debbie Gibson. <laughs> oh, if- and I also did Irene Cara um, Flashdance. Oh, okay. Because Jesus Jerry did Mania. And I was up behind him like this. Oh, were you? And then old Jimmy did um, <laughs> Robert Palmer, Addicted to Love. And I was like oh. this. Because I was a Robert Palmer girl. Oh, okay. And Michael was like, you are so much right now. <laughs> you are so extra. He was like, you are so happy. And I'm like, I am happy. <laughs> it's 80s night. It's 80s night. This is my fucking wheelhouse. <laughs> oh, and really, oh, you think man. about it, it's like. The bulk of our growing upness was what mid eighties through mid nineties. That was like kind of where we were. So we straddled the border of right. both. Yes. And then I was outside and there were these two girls and I said, Hey and they were like, Hey and I was like, How about you guys get up and sing Millie Vanilli, but just lip sync it and I'll get behind you and sing it because it's eighties night. Oh, that's and so funny. And these girls looked at me and said, Who's Millie Vanilli? Oh, Oh, wow. And the light, if it said the light went out in your eyes. <laughs> the light went out. <laughs> the light went out in your eyes. 
Oh my gosh, that's so funny. Well, the one was like, I'm 21, and the other one was like, I was born in 89. I was like, motherfuckers! But you're just babies! <laughs> motherfuckers! Well, if you guys are just now, like for anybody who's just now starting to listen in, or maybe you haven't listened to season one, last summer, Jamie and I and some of our friends, including Beth, we, we've talked about her before too, there's a couple of people that you've heard of, well, Maybe you haven't. I don't know. Anyway, there's a couple of people. We all went to the... Um, New Kids on the Block. New Kids on the Block concert. And anytime you go to the New Kids on the Block concert, they always come with a whole bunch of different people. It was the mixtape tour. Yes. And Debbie Gibson was there. Oh, my God. She was awful. Look, to be fair, though, she has been, she does have Lyme's disease, and it has taken a toll on her. And I apologize for trying to give Debbie Gibson these hands for fucking up my song because it's a medical condition. It, it may be. I don't know that Lyme's disease really ruins your... I don't know, but it was awful. Your, your voice. She was awful. Well, in the middle of... We're in the Wells Fargo Center here in Pennsylvania on on the floor. Yeah, we're on the floor. We're on the floor. So they're, they're decent seats. They could have been a little better, but we're on the floor. We're not up in the stands. We're not nosebleeding anything. It gets nice and quiet, and Jamie screams out, <laughs> If she fucks up this song, I'm going to throw hands. <laughs> To Debbie Gibson. <laughs> I was like, this is when we're going to get thrown out of here. We're 40-something uh, getting ready to get thrown out of a New Kids on the Block concert. First of all, first of all, it was not just New Kids on the Block. <laughs> they were the main thing, They were though. the main guys because it's New Kids. Yes, they and, were the main attraction. And I was so funny because I was like, I don't understand why people cry when they see concerts. Those motherfuckers came out and I was like, oh my God, New Kids! She and did. I, she cried. She was like, my inner 14-year-old girl is finally here. And it was her, what, your first time seeing them? Yeah. And and, they, yeah. and I couldn't help it. Like, I couldn't help it. So I cried. And she cried like a little bitch. And she doesn't cry. Actually, I've asked her if there's a problem with her soul. <laughs> because when I, when someone cries around me, I inherently start to cry with them. No matter how hard I don't want to. You cry around Jamie and she's as stoic as can be. And then moves on. If she tries cry, to redirect. I don't do well. I'm like, you need to get your shit together. Yeah, she redirects. Well, I'm sorry you feel that way things are gonna get better oh by the way so i was walking around the other day at the walmart and you're like i'm not done having my meltdown right now i'm glad that you now want to talk about the walmart in the fucking wherever but um yeah so that's jamie so anyway but (laughs) tiffany was there too and Tiffany was a big part of my, my like, childhood, like... Oh, Tiffany was huge for so me. So, the other day at the toll plaza, there was this young kid. He had to be 20, 21 years old, and he comes up, and he's listening to, um, Promises Made, Promises really? Made, which is on the album, but it was never released on the radio, so I know he's listening to the Tiffany album. Right. The CD or the MP3, whatever it is today on the yeah. pa- the Pandora station. I don't know. <laughs> I know. Like, nobody even buys, like, but CDs he, anymore, but do he they? Pull, he pulls up, and he looks at me, and he hands me his money, and I'm staring at him, and he goes, what? And I was like, are you listening to Tiffany right now? <laughs> he was like, she is phenomenal. <laughs> I was like, you have no idea. <laughs> and he was like, what's your favorite song? And I was like, could have been. Whatever. It's everybody's favorite song. He was like, mm, this one's mine. And I was like, this is a good one too. And then he was like, okay, well, have a great day. And I was like, no, you have a great day. And I fucking meant it. Oh my, you know what? I've been driving now since I was 16. Um, I've probably gone through toll booths a hundred times. Uh-huh. 
Not a single person has ever talked to me outside of a thank you for my dollar. And here Jamie is oh, I having conversations conversation. with fucking everybody. Right. Like. Everybody. Everybody. And everybody. You like that job. And they love it when I'm wearing my, ma- my freaking Ravens mask. They love it. Like, they'll be like going towards Baltimore yelling out the window, go Ravens! And I'm like, go Ravens! Oh and then my some God. guy. Some guy the other day goes, your mask though. And I was like, what about my mask? And he pulls out his wallet and he points his little Steelers emblem on his wallet. And this thing is, uh, this wallet is worn to hell. And I was like, um, he's not giving it up, huh? I was like, that is some wallet. And he was like, yeah. I was like, it's really worn out. He was like, yeah. I was like, did you um, get that the last time you won the Super Bowl? Because it's really old. And he was like, Damn. And I was like, you came at me first, sir. You came at me first. I just had to finish it. I just, I, he was like, well played, man. Well played. well played. See, but I mean, seriously, like anytime you go through toll booths now, you're going to be like, you know, this this isn't what I expect because Jamie gives you a whole different perspective and how things should be. Right. I give a lot of, I give a lot of happy energy to my people. I'm like, hey, how are you? I always tell the girls, oh my God, I love your nails. I always get compliments on my nails. Like girls that have like the fucking eyelashes out to here that look like they're getting ready to fly away if they blink too hard. I fucking love that shit. <laughs> fly away like, they blink girl, too hard. I fucking love your lashes. And she's like, oh, girl, I love your nails. Why do you hate this job? It sounds like it's perfect for you at this point. I just, it's a monkey could do it and I don't like it. I'm not feeling challenged. Well, my Aunt Kate. I love Aunt Kate. Yeah, she always listens to the show. She was in Florida. Her and my uncle got away to, went to Florida. And she is cracking up about our plan to use ill-gotten gains. I'm like, which ones were they? Because we've had all kinds of plans to do some really awful things. <laughs> oh, is so she talking about panty selling? Panty selling. It must be panty selling. Yes, she must be. And she was like, you will end up in jail. Don't make me visit you in the women's prison in Newcastle. And FYI, my friend Gigi is on board with you too as well. You're going to be famous. And FYI, get Jamie off the TikTok. <laughs> no, Aunt Kate. No, and you can't go to jail for selling your panties. It's absolutely a legit business. <laughs> but we definitely want to say, uh, do a shout out to uh, my Aunt Kate's friend, Gigi. Thanks, Thank Gigi. you so much for listening and <laughs> hopping on board, apparently. And um, Oh, I wonder if her friend Gigi is our friend Gigi. No, oh. it's not the same Gigi. But our friend Gigi, actually, we got to send up some prayers to her. She's not doing too well. She just had surgery and she's not feeling too I well. I didn't know. You didn't know? No. Yeah, I'm just posted. We're not friends on the Facebook. Um, yeah, our friend Gigi that she used to live here, um, her son Amish, we've talked about Amish on here before. I know I've talked some kind of shit about Amish on this show before. Um, they're in Louisiana and something happened with her. I'm not quite sure. She ended up having to have a surgery. Oh no. Um, and they didn't know if she would make it through the surgery and she did. And now she's sort of like in a medically induced coma for a little while. Oh fuck. Yeah. So everybody's been sending out lots of prayers and if you can... I don't know. Maybe you believe in God. Maybe you don't. But maybe send up prayers or some of that some good vibes. energy and send it to our friend I, Gigi. I send vibes. Yeah, send vibes um, to our friend Gigi out in Louisiana. She can use everything you, you know you can get. Um, she's just one of those people that. How do you explain Gigi? Gigi's like she's a good time. She is a loud mouth with a good heart, and. Every year for her birthday, she does not accept presents. Do not try to get her presents. She does food drives. Right. And she asks for jars of peanut butter. Oh, really? People bring her jars and jars and jars of peanut butter so she can donate it to the food bank. Wow. I never knew that about her. That is Gigi. Oh, that's really nice. Well, right now she can use all the stuff we got. Um, That was about a, a... 
couple days ago, he gave that update. She's been in the hospital for a little bit at this point. Um, I'm not really sure what set it off, but if you guys can send off some good vibes, we'd really, really like it. And in the meantime, um, there's always a lot going on in this world. There is. And there is this one really, really sweet thing. Tell us about um, it. That I wanted to mention, and it is. All right. So this is from the KUZZ. It's Bakersfield's Best Country, apparently. I guess it's like a radio station somewhere. I don't even know what it's from. The Cuz. Yeah. <laughs> so, right. I know, right? The Cuz. Um, it says 85 year old Gordon loves taking care of his yard with his riding lawnmower. But when the pandemic hit last year, he had to quarantine at his son's house. When he returned a few months later, he noticed that someone had stolen his lawnmower. Gordon decided to take a big piece of cardboard and write, bring back my mower. I'm 85 and I can't push. He displayed the sign out in his front yard, hoping the thief would bring it back. His daughter-in-law asked him if she could share a story on her social media. She shared it. And so many people asked if, if they could donate money to get him a new one. But he said he would just like his old one back. So he was like, nah, I'm not having that. I want my old one back. Well, an anonymous person bought him a brand new riding lower anyway. And it was presented to him by the local sheriff deputy. And Gordon's family is just extremely thankful that he got our mower back. And because he really, really enjoys taking care of his yard. Who steals from an old man? You know what? It's just, you know, lots of people do. And the world that we live in. So the other day I got this thing on Neighbors. And I don't know if Neighbors is everywhere. Like yes. across the, all across yes, the country. Neighbor, neighborhood. That neighborhood app. Yes. Yeah, the neighborhood app, right? Yes. So we got this thing. It, it popped up on my Facebook timeline where there's this woman who comes around in the middle of the night in her SUV. She's got a truck kind of like, it's not as big as Paco's. It's a smaller one. Okay. Um, but it reminds me of his a little bit. and um, Like a Bronco. Yeah, but it's not a Bronco. It's like, I don't know. if You you might have seen the post, actually, not realize what you're seeing. So, you know how businesses put out, like, a bench out front and they have uh-huh. flowers or something like that? She comes around in the middle of the night and steals her stuff. What? Out front. Mm-hmm. So, apparently, there's been things going on and she's like a serial thief because people are catching her on ring where they're stealing, like, their benches out front. What? Like, you know how, like, I have a bench on my porch? She'll just come up and steal your bench right off your they porch. They better not steal the bench off your porch, bitch. That was a gift from Kathy. I know. I'm like, you know how hard it is to get a gift from Kathy? Right. <laughs> so, yeah, she's doing stuff like that. So, they were posting that around. And um, it just, it's kind of like, you know, how devious must you be to, like, get up in the middle of the night and run around and steal things off people's front lawns or steal get, things from... She must get some kind of high from it. She must be like a klepto. Maybe that, and she must resell it, I would think, somewhere. But how do you resell it when it ends up being, you know, people know all about it? You know what I mean? I don't know. I don't know either, but it's so, yeah. So that was a heartwarming story, though. So something bad happened to this poor old man, and they went and got him a, a brand new riding mower, and it just, it made me tear up a little bit. It might have been hormones. I don't know. It just made me tear up It was up a probably bit. hormones. Well, maybe for you, I cry on a regular because I have a heart. Okay. So, <laughs> here's another feel good. By the way, some of you may not know this, but we talked about Jamie's cold dead heart before because Jamie doesn't like the fucking notebook. Sure do. Anyway. <laughs> so, let's jump right in. That tells you all you need to know about her. So, this is from <laughs> FreshEdits.com. And this is called The Journey to Discover Who Lavender Doe Really Was. Mm. Okay, so for 14, for 13 years, a young woman who was found dead in a small town in Texas remained unnamed. She was nicknamed Lavender Doe because of the purple shirt she was wearing when she was found. Her real name and identity remained a mystery until an amateur genealogist took up her case. I love, like, Reddit 
detectives. Oh, I know, me too. Shit and and yeah. like amateur sleuths. Yes, absolutely. This is the story of Lavender Doe and everything it took to finally reveal her identity. It's a journey that took a group of individuals out of their armchairs to the doorsteps of family members and proves the law enforcement indeed needs the help of web sleuths and a DNA technology to uncover the truth. And most importantly, it's a true story. But it truly means to about what it truly means to put a name to a forgotten victim. Okay. First of all, she had perfect teeth. The victim's flawless teeth were one of the thing the so many things that strangers obsessed with her case on not line notice. It also one of the few things that could even be noticed that could be noticed when she was found. Unfortunately, her body was so badly burned that she was in fact unrecognizable when she was found in the early morning of October 29, 2006, near Longview, Texas. Two men walking by saw a ghastly sight, but they thought they were looking at a mannequin and had that had been set on fire, perhaps an early Halloween prank. The smell, however, signaled that something a lot more sinister had happened in the woods. Only once they stepped closer did they realize the horrible truth. Judging by the smell and sight, the two men figured out not much time had passed since the body was ablaze. When law enforcement came, officials started noticing a few facts that would come to, come to cover the identity of the poor woman. They were, they were able to determine that she was young, between 17 and 25. And she doesn't turn her phone off still. (laughs) Strawberry blonde hair and had $40 in her pocket. She was wearing a pale purple shirt and size 7-8 jeans with one tough babe branded on them. The online commentator on the discussion forum Web Sleuth remarked, sadly ironic considering her fate. The same commenter would end up giving the victim the nickname of Lavender Doe because of her shirt. Yep. 12 years and a month later. Days, weeks, and years passed, and nobody came forward with a name for this nameless victim. No friends or family reported anything to the sheriff's office in Texas. A missing persons report was never filed. Lavender Doe, a name given by a stranger on the internet, was the only name she had. In November 2018, 12 years and one month later, Lavender Doe was found. A reporter named Sarah Zhang from the Atlantic went to Longview, Texas with a group of volunteers who claimed to have uncovered the real name and the identity of Lavender Doe. Seven months earlier, the same volunteer succeeded in putting a face to another nameless victim. In the spring of 2018, genetic genealogists led police to suspect an infamous golden th- of the infamous Golden State Killer case from the 1970s and 80s. A group of volunteer geneal- genealogists with novice nonprofit called DNA Doe Project teamed up to help Ohio law enforcement identify an unidentified murder victim who until then was known only as Buckskin Girl because she was wearing a buckskin jacket at the time. Cold cases like Lavender Doe's and Buckskin Girl have always attracted the internet sleuths, as well as psychics and self-titled forensic experts. While it can sometimes lead to fruitful developments, it can also irritate actual law enforcement. But genetic genealogy is different because it works. Genetic genealogy is a combination of traditional genealogy and DNA tools. It is a successful method that led police to arrest the Golden State Killer, for example, after the cold case turned solved case the floodgates opened ever since amateur and self-taught genealogists have been helping authorities identify both criminals and victims almost almost by the week shit so they're just out there solving crime i know that's so neat though i know suddenly it seems like anyone who has the internet can be a detective with time on their hands and a good connection was able is able to solve um cold cases right out of right from their warm living rooms the reporter the reporter sarah ozang met three of these amateur genealogists of DNA Doe Project in Texas. There was Kevin Lord, a 35-year-old black-bearded man studying to be a private investigator, Missy Kosky, a 55-year-old search angel 
who helps adopt find who helps adoptees find their birth parents, and Lori Gaff, a 49-year-old genealogy enthusiast with an incredible memory. The three volunteers had anxiously exchanged messages on Facebook, which each one of them blah blah blah. Anyway. <laughs> moving over that. Moving over that. When the three sleuths finally met, they hugged. It was so weird, but he said, who cares? All the work we did from the living rooms, cafes, blah, blah, blah. What the fuck is her name? As the four were driving to Longview in one car, Kevin explained why and how he first came obsessed with the Lavender Doe case in 2017, a year or so before. At that point, he was the one, one of those people watching the Investigation Discovery Channel. <laughs> we love that shit. You <laughs> definitely do. I do. He found himself becoming preoccupied with two separate disappearances of two women close to where he lives. Um, when Kevin tried matching their cases to unclaimed victims' bodies in Texas, he came across the case of Lavender Doe. That's when he found the web, the web sleuth thread. Um, the one that gave her the nickname, as well as 30-plus pages of speculation about her death on Reddit in 2015, a woman began making posts about the girl with the perfect smile. She would meticulously cross off missing, missing persons that were ruled out. She still had two baby teeth. Doe's perfect teeth made the Redditor wonder if someone in Doe's family was a dentist. While these posts never had much news to report, they did indeed keep Doe's case alive in the public imagination for Kevin. It was also the teeth that made him take a closer look. Aside from her lack of cavities and fillings, Doe still had two baby teeth, which were particularly unusual for her age. Um, okay, so we get it. There, there are things... Um, where there's things. <laughs> law, law force just isn't equipped. There's things. Okay. There's things. Missy the search angel. Um, with such tests, third or fourth, and even more distant cousins who share less than 1% of DNA that, that can be found with those 23andMe tests. 1% of their DNA can be revealed. With these kinds of connections, genealogists can cross-references, census records, obituaries, family members, Facebook profiles, and other public documents to create a giant family tree. Mm -hmm. So I guess that's what they did. So she started and spent 12 to 16 hours a day um, <clears throat> on this. So Wow, I mean, she put that yep. time in. Oh, one of the adoptees she helped ended up being distantly connected to another DNA Joe project in West Virginia. Oh, my mm -hmm. God. So that's even intrigued her more to keep doing what she was doing. Right. Says one suspect, two victims. According to Lieutenant Back, when Joe was found, semen was traced and matched via the old school forensic methods. A man named Joshua, oh, Joseph Wayne Burnett, he actually admitted to picking up a young woman in the area for sex but confessed to nothing else. Fast forward to the summer of 2018, and a woman living in with Burnett disappears. Oh, shit. Hope and two colleagues found her body with purple nails sticking out of the leaves on the ground. Once Burnett was questioned again, he started talking. He confessed to having killed her, as well as Lavender Doe. Mm -hmm. She was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. Um, she was just an unlucky stranger who crossed the path to this guy in the fucking Walmart. <sighs> fucking Walmarts. The mystery deep in... Blonde, perfect teeth, blah, blah, blah. She was known as... Lori made sure they stopped to get breakfast at this moment. Who cares? Just get to where they fucking... Oh, so they started building her family tree with the DNA matches that they had in their system. Right. Um, among the closest matches were that seemed to be a second cousin once removed, as well as a third and fourth cousin. The volunteers started building family trees for closer matches to see how they connected. Um, a descendant of those ancestors, a woman in her late 50s, was still living in Texas, only 30 miles from where Doe was found. 
Kevin then alerted Hope, and the ans- and the answers to the mystery suddenly seemed very close. When Hope drove out to meet the woman, she was understandably hesitant. She never heard about any missing person in her family, and it was hard to imagine that she wouldn't know of such a thing in her own family. It still seems like a lot, but just a coincidence. But stranger things have happened, Kevin wrote. The woman eventually warmed up to the Doe, the DNA Doe Project once she got the grasp of the usual, unusual situation that brought them to her doorstep. She decided to let them do the 23andMe. Right. Um... The resulting genetic connection was unmistakably strong. The two distant family members share enough DNA to be established as first cousins once removed. Doe was likely to have been in the child of the woman's cousin. A cousin she never knew even existed. And just like that, the branch on the developing family tree grew. When the genetic genealogist started using DNA to construct family trees in the 2000... Oh my god, whatever. Hold on. One of, Doe uncle, one of Doe's uncles, it turns out, had a daughter named Robin from a previous marriage, something the Texas woman didn't know about either. Kevin found Robin's death certificate in Indiana. She had died of an illness at age 50. With all these new connections, they were able to do all this stuff. I, I'm This is a lot. Um, well, she eventually found out who this person was. Right. Like, so, she solved it, so... Right, so I'm trying to figure out what the hell this girl's name is i just want to know her name and now i lost it oh here it is i just want to know her name like i just want to know what the girl's name is so oh her name was amanda oh what in september 2019 from what would have been dana's 34th birthday amanda and a few other members traveled to texas to visit her grave oh her name was dana oh So, 12 years, a searching slave. Dana's last words to Bobby really weighed on her. Okay, so they must have found somebody. According to Bobby, they were living in a duplex apartment when Bobby discovered she was pregnant after partying on her 18th birthday. Dana was with her when Bobby took the pregnancy test. The next morning, that moment ultimately became the crack in the relationship. Bobby wanted to have the baby and get clean. However, Dana didn't when she... When she stole his PlayStation from the party, so Bobby kicked her out. And then, so her name was Dana. She was a drug addict, and apparently um, she ran across this guy who murdered, raped and murdered her and set her on fire. Oh my God, but, that's what happened to her? Yes, but because of these three people, these amateurs, after 12 years and one month, right? they find out who she is and what her name is. So, I'm sure Ugh. her parents were just, like, over it, or her the, her family. Yeah. So, that's why. But that's so neat, though. So, like, this, these random people on Reddit are like, you know what? I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to take, and that's what I like about it. They have those groups on Reddit where they, um, not even just Reddit, I think there's a couple different groups that they do it with where they take unsolved Mr unsolved cases and they try to solve them and they actually do pretty well like they meet up in groups and go over what they have right have you ever seen uh, if you haven't seen it there is a documentary i think it's on hulu might it might be on netflix but i think it's netflix and it's called don't fuck with cat yeah i can't watch it it's awful like i wouldn't watch it but the whole premise of that are these people from all across the country that that got their brains together and found this guy yeah, I know, but they say you don't really see him torturing cats, but you do. Like, yeah, like you totally spots. fucking do. Like that, you watch him feed this cat a kitten to a fucking 
snake. Like no, yeah. you ju- and you see the snake kill the cat. Yeah, and everything. Yep. Oh my god, no! See, I can't be doing none of that. I, I just, I, I can't. I don't know. But on a happier note, well, I don't even know if it's a happier note necessarily, but it's a different note. So. It seems like now, more than ever, countries more divided than ever in a lot of ways. Sure right? fuck is. And sometimes we all just want to understand each other and wish we could all be on the same wavelength. And sometimes it happens and sometimes it doesn't. But, you know, I think a lot of people are like, look, you know, you talking down to me is not going to change my opinion on how I feel about something. Right. And I think that's true to a certain point. But I had something happen the other day. And remember, I was like, I'm not going to tell you what this is yet. Right. I'm very excited to see what um, has opened your mind. It did. It changed my mind a little bit. Um, I have a, some personal feelings about why I felt like that to begin with. But this is what it was. Okay. So you know how, like, churches have those little signs out front? Uh-huh. And they change their whatever on it? Oh, yeah. The all dogs get a heaven one? Yeah, like they do all the ah. stuff. Well, so this one was this a sort of similar thing like that. It's like a sign where you can put up your own letters on it. And the first one says, why is Narcan free to a dope addict, but my insulin is $7.50 a month? Right. And I remember feeling a certain kind of way about like, okay, so everybody's got to run around with Narcan, you know, like all our EMTs, police officers, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Now, I know that my brother specifically has had to use it multiple times in right. his profession. Um, and it's kind of like, okay, well, why did they get to get, you know, brought back all the freaking time? But, like, all the other people that are going about their life can't get anything for free. You know? And it really pissed me off. Mm-hmm. not going to lie. You know? And I understand addicts have their issues, too. But it's like, well, shit, you know? So, I did feel a certain kind of way about it. Well... The same thing took that same picture and they scribbled out pieces. Right. I've seen this. And it says, why is my insulin seven fifty a month? Mm-hmm. So they took out the Narcan to a dope addict. Blah, 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 right. Because they're two different people struggling in two different ways. And what they did was they put it this way. It says, other struggling people aren't the enemy. And I was like, you know what? That's so true. Yep. And for the first time, I have to say, well, not the first time. I'm pretty good about that. I can be sort of open-minded when I need to be. I'm like, wow, that really changed my perspective. It really did. And I don't like, you know, I don't feel the same about it now. Yeah, I um, I used to be very angry about it, you know, because my nephew, I was so mm-hmm. angry. And mm-hmm. I was like, I just, I fucking hate junkies, you know. Uh, also, my friend Tim, you know, I used to get like so mad and angry mm-hmm. and be like, whatever happens to them happens to them. But once they're clean and they sit down and they tell you about it and they tell you, you know, their experience mm-hmm. and you know how every morning they woke up saying this is it I'm not going to do it today I'm not going to do it today right and there's a lot to addiction that I didn't understand and I'll never understand because I was never addicted to anything except for like cigarettes cigarettes <laughs> uh-huh. and sex um, you are not addicted to sex oh my I god I am this month um <laughs> I don't think you can just no oh my god you're but so yeah so there, there's a lot of things that you know like you, you were very naive. You, you've admitted that. To oh yeah, and yeah, like yeah. That. I was very, very um, naive to it, and it me, makes I you very up, angry. I grew up with it my whole life, and there's a lot of anger that comes along with it. But you know, there's also a lot of healing <clears throat> and a lot of understanding that comes around along with it. Well, I had to say, I don't feel that when you talk to somebody in an admonishing or um, demeaning way, you're ever going to get your point across. Okay, right. you so, should never. 
It's not going to work, and it's not going to work with me. It's not going to work pretty much anybody, I don't think. You know what I mean? At all. I mean, unless you're dealing with, like, a yes person. You know how they just don't right. ever want to make you upset or sad a yes person? The rule, the but, golden rule is you're never supposed to look down on anybody unless you're helping them up. That's yeah, the golden yeah, yeah, rule. Yeah. But I'm a judgy bitch, and I can say that all I want, but I don't follow that rule. Nobody really completely follows that rule. <laughs> no, I know. No, but I, I did think it was interesting, and I'm like, wow, you know? When they did that and they removed that piece, they like scratched out that stuff. I was like, wow, it really did change my perspective. It's like both people are struggling and we're in a society that needs to do a better job with what, mental health. Yep. Um, I also really believe like the, the fabric of family and the breakdown of the family, um, that kind of thing. And the addition of social media really hasn't helped any of that stuff. It's become very dysfunctional. So I have my feeling about that. Um, but it's like... I don't know. It, it changed my perspective and it doesn't really happen that often. And I thought, Hey, you know what? I can be the person that can tell you just one little picture and that kind of stuff. It made me think things differently and I won't see that ever the same again. So I thought it was kind of nice. You know what I mean? Sometimes we got to like talk about it and, um, you know, to, I guess what effect change maybe. So I had to bring it up. I feel so grown up right now. So big. I'm probably going to go eat some gummy bears when I'm done. So I'll offset feeling like an adult with eating some fucking gummy bears. Yes. What do you got? Uh, Are you done? <laughs> You're like, I just, she like put her phone down. She's like, I'm done now. I yeah, don't have anything like, else for you. Oh, so today it's May. It's going to be May. It's Cinco, it's Cinco de Mayo. You know what? I said my brother. Yesterday was May the 4th be with you. I sent my brother a message yesterday, and I didn't hear back from him. I'm a little pissed off about it. It was extremely loving. And I said, may the fourth be with you, dot, dot, dot. This is the love part. You piece of dog turd. And he did not reply? And a heart, though. But there was a heart. There was a heart? Yeah, I put a heart next to it. And then he didn't respond, and I feel really upset about it. Like, I went through all the trouble to reach out in a loving, sisterly way. Look. <laughs> How dare you? In my group of friends, like, May the 4th is freaking huge. Oh, my gosh. Like, yeah. they're like, May the 4th be with you. Like, there is, like, a million memes on my, like, I got probably six May the 4th be with you texts last night. You know what? I don't think anybody sent me any of that. So, I don't know. Like, none of my friends are, well, to Todd? No, not even Todd. No, nobody. So... Today is Revenge of the Fifth, because Revenge yes. of the Fifth. Yes, I it's did also, hear that. It's also Cinco de Mayo. Yes, it is. Actually, like, Beth sent me a picture last night on Snapchat of um, churro cupcakes. Fuck yeah. I was like, God, my, man. My tummy just got a little bit. <laughs> I know. I was like, I didn't even know you could make churro cupcakes. That sounds amazing. But May is also National Masturbation Month, people. Oh, Lord. And with that, in keeping in tradition of last year. <laughs> hey, Nate. I was going to say, did you talk to Nate? Because I was like, we have I to did, do it again. I did, I did speak to Nate, and he emailed me. Oh, did he? He sent me um, his top porn video pick of the week. <laughs> and oh, my gosh. The video is called... Um. Inserting a, ho- a hose pipe in my ass and cunt and squirting out the water. Oh, I know. I saw that. Oh, God. And, and I said, oh, yeah, it's masturbation month. And he was like, it is? I was like, yeah, that's why you did the whole porn video thing last year, silly. He was like, yeah, I didn't remember what month it was. 
I just saw that and wondered why anyone would put those put a hose in their ass and vagina. And no, and here's my dumbass. He sends it to me too, right? And my initial response, this is this is how how interesting I am as a human being. My initial response is normal. Right. And it says, um, what in the tire shit is that? <laughs> and then he said, some people find pleasure in the weirdest shit. And I said, that's freaking gross. And I don't think it's exactly safe to be doing. <laughs> Danielle, <laughs> Danielle's such a prude. Meanwhile, that's when he was like, let me send this shit to Jamie. No, he let said, me send it to Jamie because Jamie appreciates who I am. Well, no, look, I get it back together. Okay. I get it together. <laughs> I realize what I just did because I'm all like mommed out about it. It's not exactly safe to be putting that up your rectum and shooting it back at your asshole. So <laughs> I said, I'm kind of bagging up at myself. It's not safe. <laughs> like, you know, it's not safe. Right. Um, it's weird porn. Now's not the time to be doing sanctimonious Danielle kind of stuff. And then I said, do you like how I talk about myself in the third person? <laughs> It is Masturbation oh, Month, God. and we know that Jamie masturbates for every major holiday. <laughs> for every major holiday. As a matter of fact, when we were talking about National Women's Day, and I was like, yeah, I masturbated. Nate said that he was at work, and he was listening to it, and he spit out his coffee because he laughed so hard that I was like, I masturbated. <laughs> well, every t- most of the time he's on lunch, and he's going through some sort of drive-thru, and he's playing The poor girl at the Wendy's. Us. Yes, there was like some poor girl at the Wendy's drive-thru that he just ruined her entire day she yeah, know what did they give him because every time he's there jamie says something fucked up oh well there's always something it's it's just always something that you've done or do oh okay so let me see so everybody that's been listening kind of has an idea that i'm a little obsessed with people who are pregnant but didn't know it right we have a new story everyone a new one and <laughs> it's a doozy so, <laughs> says Utah woman, woman who did not know she was pregnant, gives birth on a flight from Salt Lake City to Honolulu. All right, number one, I already have issues being on a plane. I think we talked about that. I just went on a plane. I lost my entire shit. I got off the plane, had the nerve to look at Bruce and be like, I did it. And he was like, but did you? Did, <laughs> did you, you do it? Yeah, after I lost my entire shit, I had to be drugged up and everything else to take a two-hour flight from freaking Florida to Delaware. Anyway, so here it is. Utah woman. She gets on this thing, doesn't have a single clue she's pregnant, gives birth. And when you're on that flight, that's a long flight. Yeah, the flight to Hawaii is long. It's like... 12 hours or some shit. Well, I think if you go from, like, the West Coast to Hawaii, it's, like, six hours or something. I can't get, like, a really good read on that because Todd and Maria have a place in Maui. And, like, they have, like, a timeshare or something. So, they go, like, once or twice a year for, like, a couple weeks at a time. Uh Uh-huh. And he said the last flight they took was from Chicago to Hawaii. And it was nine hours. Ew. Could you imagine the level of drug that I would need to be to I be on that? It. Like you would have to, I would have to have all the fucking Xanax in the world. Like I would have to double dose in the middle of the flight. Well, so this is according to the Daily Mail, and they just posted it on May second. And it was Lavinia Munga was flying to Hawaii on Wednesday when she went into labor. She did not even know she was pregnant when she boarded the flight. Her son Raymond was born at twenty six to twenty seven weeks. One nurse on board estimated. Oh no. Oh, wow. She was how much? 26 to 27 weeks. Oh, no. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Mother. Well, there was apparently there was a nurse on board, so I guess that's good. 
Um, mother and son are recovering in Honolulu and both are doing well. A youth, and then it goes on to say, like, she had the surprise of her life. Because if you ever look look at the Daily Mail stuff, they always give you, like, the highlights and then you can read on. Right. So that's kind of what happens. So she ends up going to labor on this flight. Um, she says she's overwhelmed in the best ways, she tweeted on Saturdays. And I'm like, oh, oh my God. So anyway, she gets ready to get on the flight and she goes, <laughs> on her way there, she goes, hey, let's get away, she tweeted. Then she's on the flight, gives birth to some baby. She needed, she was pregnant and she was at 26 weeks and they they show you like a picture. Like you, you, she doesn't even look pregnant. So her story went viral after passenger Julia Hansen announced the news on TikTok saying in a clip, a baby was just born on this plane. Yes, girl. I saw that TikTok. You did see that TikTok? I told you I saw that TikTok. Oh my gosh. It says footage then captures passengers on board the Delta flight applauding and congratulating the woman for her incredible mid-air feat. Later, a crew member can be heard... Uh, over the plane's intercom, asking passengers to remain seated to allow a passenger to seek medical assistance. See, that's when I'd be like, oh my god, what's happening? Are we all going down? Is somebody dying? Oh my god. I'd have been like flipping out. I'd have been like, who wants this baby? <laughs> you would not. Oh my god. <laughs> baby for sale. <laughs> You're a terrible person. Come get your baby. <laughs> Hanson added, to those wondering how she was able to fly in her third trimester, I sat next to her dad on the plane, and he said they didn't even know she was pregnant. That's the TikTok user. And then they kind of give you, like, a couple, like, of the pictures and stuff. Uh, let me see. They give you all the TikToks, like, as she's posting them in this, this <laughs> article. So it says, several nurses and doctors who were on the flight assisted with the birth. How lucky did this girl get right? to have all these nurses and doctors, like, on the flight to give birth to some baby she didn't even know about? says, Lainey Bamfield, that kind of sounds like a poor name, Lainey Bamfield, a nurse from Kansas City, sorry, <laughs> if she ever listens to this, she's going to be like, really, I sound like a poor name, Bamfield. that's real nice, yeah, <laughs> she wrote a Facebook post, if anyone would like to know how our trip to Hawaii is going, here's how it started, we delivered a 26 to 27 weeker in the airplane bathroom in the middle of the ocean, with three NICU nurses, a physician's assistant, and a family medicine doctor, we were able to make it three hours before we could finally land. But the baby and mom did great. Oh, my God. Three That's hours in the three road. Three NICU nurses is fucking amazing. How did she get so early? lucky? I'm t- Like, God himself was like, Sky you Daddy need to put like, um, Yes. You are blessed, child. Yes. And actually, that's what she said. She said, God was definitely with us up there. So the shocker, the shocked mother and baby, who she named Raymond Cabana, Wade Kobe Lavaki Munga, Lord, come what? on now, what? We're taken to the hospital on landing in Honolulu in good health. The baby's father, Ethan Magelli, wrote on Facebook that he was stunned by the news and described Raymond's arrival as a miracle. How do you name your baby Raymond and then have like fifty other names behind well, it? It sounds like something Hawaiian that probably means like lucky or some shit. <laughs> Or some shit. <laughs> he, uh, apparently, they, they thanked everybody. But like, he's a little tiny this thing. This is Raymond Mekalekahai Mekahaneho. <laughs> but look, there's a picture of him. Look at him. Oh, he's so tiny. He's tiny, but he's not as tiny as you would think for 26, 27 weeks. Well, I'm glad the baby's okay. He is. And everybody said it's not uncommon for child. It's not uncommon. What is it? It's not that uncommon. It's not that common for childbirth, obviously, because most of the time, once women get far along in their pregnancy, doctors kind of advise them against doing such things, like, as going on a plane for five to six, seven hours. So, he said, you know, if we would have known, we would have told her not to fly. Ha! <laughs> I guess they're like, well, look, we might have seen her, but we didn't know she was pregnant to look to see if she was pregnant. And we don't want to be hell liable for the fact that she was indeed pregnant. So, yeah, that was kind of an interesting story. 
Huh. I got a news the world news daily report where the facts uh, don't matter. Oh my god, I where love it. Where the facts don't matter. <laughs> we should totally they why don't you fucking sponsor us, World News Daily Report? Like we are on here giving you all the fucking love. We just together harmonized like off the top of our head a fucking theme song. Like what the shit? We are here for you. Like, World that News Daily Report. Beautiful. When we hear that back and when this plays next week, you're gonna be like, Jamie, that was fucking gorgeous. I know. <laughs> a whole new world. Anyway. <laughs> Anywho, <laughs> god damn it, a drunken Alaska man left severely injured after a sexual assault on a polar bear he mistook for his wife. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Why? An Alaska man was left severely injured after mistaking his wife for a polar bear. Alan Phelps, 63, a professional bush pilot... <laughs> A professional bush pilot. I'm sure that's a thing, but it's like Bruce funny. is like, I too am a professional bush pilot. Uh, anyway, he's a he's a professional bush pilot. Claims he was highly intoxicated by alcohol when he spotted what he believed to be his wife in the backyard. Phelps then pulled down his pants and partook in full on sexual intercourse with what he later under understood to be an 800 pound polar bear <laughs> oh what he later I, understood was a polar bear i thought it was my wife wearing a fur coat she likes to grunt and make loud noises when i have sex so i thought she was just trying to turn me on you know what i'm done with this alan 63 <laughs> explained to local computers oh com- reporters not computers i'm sorry <laughs> Dr. <laughs> Dr. Benjamin Schultz of the Fairbanks Memorial Hospital believes Alan Phelps, 63, is so lucky to be alive after he partook in full-on sexual relationship with that 800-pound polar bear while intoxicated. After several minutes of intercourse, I finally realized it wasn't my wife and pulled out. That's when the bear got into a mad rage and suddenly <laughs> decided to attack me. <laughs> yeah, that's it, because you took the love away. Alan Phelps told reporters visibly, visibly happy to be alive. Although Phelps admits he was very drunk that night, he still believes the mistake could have happened to anybody. What? Oh if, my god. If you knew my wife, you'd realize they share a similar character. He told reporting reporters jokingly. Phelps also believed that if he hadn't got if he hadn't given an orgasm to the bear, the bear may have well may well have decided to kill him. <gasps> so he's, he's Oh my god. That because he, he completed the bear. He didn't complete nothing. <laughs> That's why what they a kill psychotic him. person. An Alaskan Wildlife Department spokesman explained that polar bears may become particularly sexually aroused during the mating season and warns residents and tourists alike to avoid any sexual interaction with animals at all costs. You think? Oh, God. You think? <laughs> you couldn't wait for that. Look, you were like, I'm saving this. <laughs> save. You hit that little save button so hard. I You're like, this is happening. No, I just scrolling through it and found it oh that is awful thank you world news daily report thank you, you know i just i have something that's real okay it's according to fox 35 in uh bella glade or bell glade florida bella glade florida uh-huh. sorry if i'm getting this wrong but this was posted on april Fucking 30th florida. i know and it's been going around for a little bit so there's this little pity who apparently got lost in the florida swamps and was found alive after nine days. And he looks a little like Lainey. He does. He looks like Lainey. Who's your poor Lainey? She can't hear me. 
I know. You're like, I'm using all my good fake voices on this dog and she can't hear me. Did you Um, hear her over here whining until I scratched her on her ears? Yeah. I actually have a video of her talking, literally, like, just whining and whining and going nuts on Bruce. And it is the funniest thing, like, listening to her lose her entire mind on the hymn. I just want the whole listening world to know that I am sitting here with one, two bags of trail mix and some chocolate-covered almonds and a bunch of open bags of chips. And guess who hasn't touched the thing? This bitch. <laughs> You're welcome, Bruce. <laughs> Listen to this. Listen, this is Lainey talking to Bruce. Oh, my God. She sounds like a donkey. She doesn't do this to anybody else. What happened? <laughs> huh? What? This is the loudest she's ever been. I've oh, never. No, she's never done this. Really she's like, hit me. He's trying to eat his dinner. She won't let him. Yeah, so that's my dog. But anyway, back to this news story. I, I mean, she she never does it with anybody. The closest she's gotten to doing that is Christopher. She doesn't do it to anybody else. Like, she loves being with me well, and I'm she, her mom. But She hollers. She makes noises at me, but they're not, mm-hmm. like, that intense. Oh, it sounds it, like a fucking was, pterodactyl. Yes. yes, it was really Did crazy. Did you see the dog video, that pit bull that hangs from the rope that I posted on the Strike from the Net page? I don't think so. He stressed the Superman. Is he stressed as Superman? He dressed as Superman as a little pit bull and he runs and he jumps and he grabs the rope and he swings from the rope. Oh my god, with his little Superman costume. With his little Superman costume on, his name is Bordeaux, he's the cutest. Oh, okay, I didn't know. I follow him on TikTok now. (laughs) Well, (laughs) you follow him on TikTok? Oh my god. A newly adopted dog that was lost after a crash near the Florida Everglades has been found after surviving on his own for nine days. Theo went missing on April 20th after a van that was driving him to his new adoptive family crashed on US 27 between Miami and Bellaglade. The mixed breed dog, it's not a mixed breed. He's definitely a pity something. Or I mean, he's probably mixed, but he's definitely pity looking. Uh, was recently adopted by a New Jersey family who were visiting Florida and found Theo abandoned in Miami. He chose us. He hopped right into our car. He cuddled with us all night until the shelters were open where we could drop him off. His new adopter, Ashley Torado, told Fox 35 News. Torado put a hold on him so she could be the first to adopt him after his quarantine ended. He has a rough past, and we found out from local rescues that his last owner had allowed her child to stab him in the eye with a stick. What? And then proceeded to dump him in a high abandonment area in Florida. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So, Jesus. Okay, Toronto paid a transport company to bring Theo to New Jersey, but on the night of the 20th, an hour and a half away from the shelter, the transport van ran off the road where it flipped on its side near the Florida Everglades. The area where he went missing is filled with marshes and swamps known to have alligators and other dangerous predators. A Facebook group was started to provide updates as volunteers went out every day to try and find Theo. On April 29th, nine days after he went missing, Theo was found safe. Toronto says, considering the situation, Theo is healthy. She couldn't thank the team of volunteers enough. She says, we are so grateful for the support Theo has received through this. He has found, and finally, our tears can be tears of joy. Oh, so I bought Kira puppy. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, about, I don't know, it was probably about eight months ago. And his name is Hiccup. And they did a DNA test because the lady told me he was lab and border collie. He is not. He is like Pitbull. Is so, he? Yeah. Look it. So he's Pitbull in lab. So anyway, um, Hiccup is an asshole. 
and Hiccup just graduated um, obedience school, and he had a little cap and gown on. Oh, I yeah, little see cap that. One, and then Kira took him to get ice cream. Yeah. So it was a whole day. So Kira posted on Crime Junkies Facebook page because <coughs> they always have dogs up in there. Uh-huh. The picture, and she got like a million fucking likes on this picture of Hiccup in his little eating his ice cream. Aww. And they were like, "This is the most wholesome thing ever." But she was like, "He's getting better. He's not a complete asshole anymore." Of course, it has to be the dog that you found for her well, she is the said, asshole. She said, you gave me two pictures of dogs, two different dogs, and one looked amazing, and one looked like it was getting ready to drop the hottest gangster rap album of the fucking year, and that's <laughs> the one you got me. And I was like, he had character. She was like, he yeah. Had something. His character was, he was an asshole. Anyway, people, if you've had sex with a polar bear, no, um, don't go ahead and in. write us in, because I don't care if Danielle wants to read it. I do. <laughs> Um, at straightfromthenetgmail.com. Also, um... She needs her own write us in thing. You can find us on the it Facebook. just be Jamie of Straight From The Net. Just send your bullshit to that one. You can find us on Facebook and you can find me on Twitter. Or you can find me on Twitter and you can also find me on the TikTok. But she doesn't really go on the Twitter. It's... Twitter is killing me. Twitter just sucks balls. I don't know why But you can find me on the TikTok. And on us. You can find us every Wednesday at 1 o'clock on the... WMLD, the voice of Hudson Valley Radio, um, at 1 o'clock. And if you miss us, that's okay. They're going to replay us on Saturdays at 7 o'clock. And if you miss that, that's okay, because we're going to upload this show to all our platforms, uh, which includes Spotify, TuneIn Radio, SoundCloud, which is our mother platform, um, iPodcast, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play Music. So I guess we will see you next time. Bye. Yeah, bye.